I think is at the end we're all looking to understand who we are through films. What I've always wanted to do is uh, take pictures. I believe that in this world everybody is uh, born equally. Because this is how you change your little piece of the world, by doing what you love. A script or, a, or an idea, I have to like brew it like the perfect cup of tea. As recent university graduates with a lack of job prospects and a lot of free time on their hands, especially now, Pauline and I attempt to be quizzical, intelligent and active women on the hunt for juicy nuggets of advice, news and insight. So, RLC Sounds presents to you Creating Waves. Today we are joined by Nicola Leddy. Hi Nicola. Hi there. Um, so I am full-time in Teenage Cancer Trust. It's a pretty new role within the last year. Actually, I'm a year there this month. And I'm the film and photography lead there. So what is the name of your boat? I'll probably take an Irish word. I'm scon on the film. Wait, what does, what does that mean? It means the film. I'm scon on. Oh, right, on. okay. I've never like, listened on. to any Irish properly, but that really rolls off the tongue quite well. <laughs> how, how would you spell that? Oh, God, you're really, you're really um, testing mm-hmm. me here. It's S-C-A... Googles quickly. S-C-A-N-N-A-I-N. That's it. S-C-A-N-N-A-I-N. Amazing. And can you speak any Irish? Is this like quite difficult to... I'm really good at pretending to know. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we all have to like uh, learn between the ages of like five and 17. So um it's pretty much uh, you learn all these different poems and stuff. So I could definitely there's loads of like Irish poems that comes to mind. But um, I did my I actually did my postgrad through Irish through um, a lovely little production company called Nemeton TV, and they uh, produce lovely documentaries for our Irish language um, broadcaster in Ireland. So I did a year of uh, documentary making through Irish. That sounds so cool. Hmm. I, I've never yeah I guess I just never really thought about the Irish language that much but it's really interesting to hear you talk about it and how it's kind of like mandatory for most people it is that's <laughs> yeah, great I think my uh, stepmom is Welsh and she had oh, to yeah. learn Welsh at um, school as well no it's I, I think it's great it's I studied linguistics at uni and we, oh yeah we did a lot about um, endangered languages but also kind of mm. you know, globalization of English and the, yeah, the loss that you kind of get with that of um, like regional languages, yeah, yeah. which is such a shame. Absolutely. It's a huge source of identity for the Irish people, even if we just know four words, if we get to shout them at each other, um, <laughs> it's still <laughs> a sense of brethren. Yeah, actually, before when you would just join the Zoom call, me and Pauline were talking about how you can dream in different languages. I don't know if you. Know oh, absolutely! I sleep, Have you ever dreamed I, in Irish? I, I talk in my sleep. I actually talk Spanish in my sleep. Amazing! <laughs> <No> way. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, one night I just sat up and said "Buenos días." <laughs> oh, that's incredible! <laughs> You're my favorite guest to date now because of that. <laughs> I do love languages. I absolutely love languages. I'm trying. I'm listening to a podcast at the moment, the Coffee Coffee Break Spanish, and whenever I have 15 minutes, I listen to that because I just absolutely love um, Spanish. Oh, see, yeah, I'm torn between French and Spanish. I don't know mm. which one. I'm like, I'd Spanish say Spanish. 
but then I really like listening to French. Some, but like, I can't speak either, so I should probably go for Spanish. There's such <laughs> sass in Spanish, though. Yeah, for attitude, but spiciness. Yeah. Where are you sailing from? This can be metaphorical. Oh. Uh, where you were born, however you see fit. Oh God, definitely sailing from the university I went to. Definitely Dublin City University. Big shout out to them. That's that was a, a massive starting point for me. I think. What was it like being a student in Dublin? Amazing. It was like because I grew up in a really rural, like tiny little parish in County Meath. So going to like moving away from home and even though it's only like 40 minutes away from actually where I grew up there was just like a huge get um finding the the other weirdos out there to hang out with do you know what I mean like um it was definitely uh finding the people that I really love to hang out with I feel like at the time at this time of recording um everyone's watching the new yes um, Sally Rooney, normal people. TV oh God, I know. The Dublin, the Dublin <laughs> University is, is fresh in our minds. Yeah, mind. they went to Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we were only watching that the other night, and we were like, "Where is the Freshers' Week? Like, what's the story? What? Where is all the crazy parties? Like, it's proper, um, very posh drinking red yes. wine, um, in yeah, in Little House. That was so far from our experience. Ours is just like drinking two liters of cider um outside <laughs> the nightclub <laughs> yeah I, it yeah went in. <laughs> it was very romantic wasn't it the whole idea of um sitting around in those on those sofas and like that amazing beautiful house totally yeah <laughs> totally wine. unrealistic the beautiful house as well we're like oh come on like our house <laughs> The mold and the cold, like it was just incredible, <laughs> and just constantly covered in empty bottles. Yeah, yeah, it was. And <laughs> no one would ever make dinner that many times to their friends. Yeah. Is what I thought. Yeah. I'd, I'd be like, "Where's the money you're paying me back?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a broke student. <laughs> so, where would you say you're sailing to? Is this grammatically correct? But sailing to curiosity—that's what I always think. Just, just drives me. Is driving me towards con and making stuff it's just curiosity I suppose um of other people's lives and what makes people tick no that's a yeah. great answer yeah actually surprisingly someone else we've had before said that's so maybe oh, yeah that's a common trend in creatives that's how mm. that's their like soul drive yeah definitely, definitely. what, what do you think is making you curious right now like this week what's made you curious or what's what's kind of got your eye or so I work with um a lot of obviously a lot of young people who have had a cancer diagnosis or um are just finished treatment or in various various different stages um and I feel really really lucky that I get to make lots of amazing things with them and the second lockdown happened, I was just like, okay, now this is the time where user-generated content is obviously going to become a huge, huge thing. And right now, I'm working with young people who are obsessed with their phones, so they better be good. <laughs> so, so, like, come on, no excuse. I think what what I really love is just seeing them become more and more confident with the the stuff that they're making. Like, I came across a girl who I met in a, at an event and she was just like oh I really want to work with you guys um 
to share my story. And little did I know that she had been keeping a video diary for her entire diagnosis and treatment. And this is going back a year and a half. And she actually, the, the amazing thing is that she never had the intention of it being shown. She was just doing it. I just thought it was so amazing that she just wanted to film this for her own kind of therapeutic needs and to document it. And she, that's what she says in, in, the, in the film. And she just said that she's grateful to be here and that she's here to um, document herself. And I just thought that was amazing. Um, so it's just, it must be such a vulnerable place. Well, it is a vulnerable place to be just filming yourself. But it's great to not have the distraction of a director and a big camera in front of you and being really self-conscious of that. It's just you and your phone. And I think I'm really interested in the kind of psychology of that, of how you kind of perform differently in front of a camera or a director or just yourself and your phone. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Did she ever watch any of the video back and like watch herself? Or is it purely just to get out like a cathartic sort of um way out she didn't watch it until i actually sent it back to her in edited form um and she, she was just like oh my god i'm so floored this is amazing and i was oh, like this is so all you <laughs> <laughs> i so i was because I, I would have thought she would have watched some of them back just to like i don't know no see. Oh, I, I think that's such an honest portrait then of just yeah in the that's moment what, what she was feeling yeah. that's actually what I think I was going for the honesty of it just and just like she had just shaved her head um and there's one line that gets me every time and she's like I look like a Malteser <laughs> just like the, the pure the so fact honest. that she can have humor yeah. in that moment when she thought no one was gonna look at it I just thought that was amazing yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's also, I think it's, I think people, young people with like bad illnesses as well, like you, some people don't know where the line is, is if you can laugh with them or make fun of that. Like they don't know how to interact or if it has to be quite serious, I yeah. feel. Yeah. Um, did they ever speak about anything like that um, with their interactions? Yeah, I think, um, to be honest with you, the great thing about working with young people is that there's a real um they they want something good to come out of their experience and they own it like 100 percent um and a lot of people think that like for so many different people it's it's producing art it's it's telling stories um and and or just absolutely taking the piss out of it with their family and stuff like i met there's one family and there's like six kids and they call the the girl who um who had cancer they call her the golden child because she gets all the attention and it's just pure taking the piss and it's just brilliant like it's, mm -hmm. i love that yeah that, see that's what you you, you yeah. want to know how they interact with each other and yeah it's actually like rather than just seeing it as, as consuming. Um, yes right. yes absolutely and that's so important I think it you need to show the the I don't know the teenageness of it um and that's why it's and why it's different to be a young person with cancer in comparison to someone in in their 30s or over what narrative in your career has stuck with you the most so when I first moved over to the UK um 
a couple about a year into it, I got a job in an agency and I was kind of editing um like influencer kind of social content type stuff it just it didn't kind of feed my curiosity side of things so I um I had a, an actor friend who was part of this play and he contacted me and said hey do you want to do you want to film my play um and instead of kind of saying no I was just like all right cool well let me like meet the cast let, let me meet the the people in it and then when I went and and delved further into it um I realized it was this kind of it was this dance um this contemporary dance that had this amazing narrative and it was done by an incredible choreographer um and he came up with this dance that basically told the story of his childhood in terms of being bullied um and the homophobia and the kind of hooliganism that he came across in terms of, you know, I hate this term, but toxic masculinity and um, the awful, the awful people he came across really more than anything else. And he um, involved a wonderful comedian that I met and he was a young lad who got into an awful car crash when he was younger and had brain damage and that was kind of worked into the choreography. He, the, the play was also about um, kind of disability and, and how people are treated and how people are treated differently and, and kind of emasculated or like taken their personality or taken, is taken away from them. So that, it was all quite complex. Um, so I went and to a couple of their rehearsals and I was just totally gripped by the the dance and the people involved um and I just I just said can I can I film you can I make a, a short film about you and basically all I really set out to do was to film their rehearsals and then add the actual dance itself that was happening in um the place in Euston I don't know if you know it but it um is this lovely little theatre where a lot of dance uh, shows happen so I ended up doing it totally in my in my spare time and getting quite close to the contributors um and the choreographer and I, I didn't know at the time but the choreographer was quite ill with cancer um and he actually invited me to the hospital he was being treated in to film him in in the hospital like basically during his chemo and uh, the dance happened we filmed lots of interviews and stuff like that and the choreographer actually passed away a couple of months after it was it went live mad that, that kind of happened that it basically went from me just kind of following a tiny little story to then producing this like 13 minute documentary and I knew someone who knew someone in BBC3 so we got it under the right person and they picked it up and then BBC News shared it and I got seven million views. <laughs> it was just um, wow. kind of snowballed from there. So that was yeah. a kind of a, a real, yeah, turning point for me. And is that when you kind of decided to move away from doing the kind of influencer? Yeah. Yeah, that was like the moment. So kind of taking that risk of being like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do this in my spare time and... I really believe in this project was kind of the turning point for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I was I was kind of stuck in a spiral of just doing what was put in front of me and 
what I was getting paid for, you know, like I was just like, no, why, why would I bother doing something in my spare time when I can just get paid for it? Um, but I think I just had, I had this overwhelming kind of urge to do storytelling that was important to me. Um, and uh, there's always a risk with putting your own personal time into something because it could always turn out absolute crap like that's the worst you got something so enriching out of that and you made yeah. like important connections the coil for pass away did that like affect how you feel about the film as well does it like hold mm-hmm. a more a, a special it's more special to you yeah absolutely the, the the whole kind of relationship with him as well was was really special and to to get that close I think every documentary maker will will say this that like to you obviously spend a huge amount of time with your contributors and you get to know them and if it gets to a point where they're calling you to film something in their life you're like okay (laughs) I've built trust you know like it's not just me getting what I want it's it's our project yeah that's I feel that's quite rare to get that level Mm -hmm. of trust because that would come with having to spend a lot of time with someone mm-hmm. and they don't always want to give you that mm. level of access yeah. always. That, yeah, that is really special. And um, what would you say are your inner sharks, your deepest insecurities? Probably um, that, like putting loads of time into something and it, being, it just being absolutely mediocre. <laughs> that's probably, <laughs> that's an insecurity. Is it important, basically? Is it, is it worth is it worth saying? I can relate to that. Have you found any ways to overcome this fear or like kind of like cope with it? Mm. I think watching other filmmakers, watching other amazing films has been a huge source of inspiration. Like watching even like Sundance have just put out like loads of webinars and there's just so many um, amazing resources out there. To, like, there, you've no excuse, basically. <laughs> it's like right now, you've <laughs> so much at your fingertips mm. um, and all this wonderful stuff to what like Vimeo staff picks is yeah. a constant source of inspiration if I'm ever feeling like, uh, like I don't know really what my next step is. All I have to do is literally watch maybe three films on Vimeo and then relate it to a project that I'm working on and saying, well, that could work actually. Like it could, um, I like some, I, I remember some filmmaker told me just, just steal, steal other people's ideas. Um, and they'll never come out the same. They'll always come out as yours, but at least you, you kind of had that inspiration. I couldn't agree more. I yeah, feel like, too. oh, it's just about re- like not stealing even, it's like recycling um, yeah. <laughs> idea into your own. Cause yeah. It, yeah, it will never come out the same. Mm which is the kind of weirdly interesting thing about it it could be the exact same idea and it will never oh yeah be identical and i think that's how most of artists and film directors have done it they've just it's always been a repetition of what others have done in the past Mm. curate whatever they want but in their own specific way like you said as well i agree it never comes out the same which is the beautiful thing about it what is your favorite cheesy film Yes, and I had to think about this, and I have to say it's Paddington. That's like my boyfriend's as well. Really? (laughs) Yeah, he loves it so much. (laughs) It makes me so happy, I think. And I actually follow Paddington on Twitter, and um, whoever the person is that does it, I just love it so much. (laughs) Did you, Did I haven't watched Paddington at all, but apparently number two is really good too. It is, it's 
just a spectacle. <laughs> They're so yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched them in ages. I can barely remember them. I'm going to watch them tonight. <laughs> it's a good, yeah, it's a good Christmas film. Yeah, Why definitely. not watch it now? What is time anymore? Yeah, it could it. be Christmas, <laughs> Christmas somewhere. <laughs> it's um, not, but still. The, another one we have is who would your intimate party guests be? So if you're having a dinner party, you can only invite three people and you need to say why each one deserves a space at the table. It can be anyone you want. It can be a friend. It can be family. It can be someone you admire, alive or dead. Completely up to you. Oh, God. Who would you have? I think someone... Right, I'm trying to figure this out. Someone you can have a really good debate with without it getting heated. I, I love a good debate, but it's it gets stressful when it gets heated. So probably the Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That would never get heated. Such the peace maker at the table as well. Whatever happened, yeah. no one's going to cross the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Jesus. <laughs> No. <laughs> Is it a religious streak? <laughs> no, I think I'm I'm very um I, I think uh and someone who you could really like a clinical psychologist, I'd love to have like a good few of my friends work in psychology and stuff. So I'd love like to I love kind of psychology discussions. What's um, your favorite part of psychology? Like what's the like it could be anything i'm thinking yeah. about all the, stu- the wacky studies from like the 80s or something in oh my there. god there's really so many yeah. yeah there's re- there's really messed up ones that i don't even want to mention because i think i'll bring the tone of the conversation down but um there's i'm reading a book at the moment called the subtle art of not giving a fuck and sorry i've really i've really cursed on this i i'll say that again um and it uh it's kind of like your psychology towards different events in your life and how kind of putting your energy towards meaningful things should be your main value in life basically and not to to get wound up by things that really don't mean anything um but i, I, I don't think i'm going to read that book do you recommend yeah. you do yeah. yeah i was thinking the title gives gives me a, 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 it looks like it'd be quite funny <laughs> and then the third person is Paddington. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say, would you have Paddington? <laughs> or the mother. I always really love the mother in Paddington. I think she's she's just great. I love how she just like draws cartoons and she's so kind. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I feel like that would be really happy. <laughs> happy dinner. Yeah, that would be a very nice dinner, I think. Yeah, it would be anyone getting smashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, and I think the last question uh, we're going to ask you is, yeah, what is the song that makes you jump up and dance? Um, I think anything from, have you ever heard of Buena Vista Social Club? Yeah, they're amazing. So this is going on from my obsession with Spain and Spanish um, music and, and language and stuff. I just um, absolutely adore their music um and I went to South America about I think five or six years ago and I think that's where it really came across like salsa and um kind of that Latin culture and it, it honestly all the time makes me happy that kind of music 
Yeah, I love um the mm-hmm. album Afro Cubism. Yes. If you've yeah, never absolutely. heard it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you have, yes. Someone else yeah. could join me in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, I really want to go to South America, but again, we've got no time for that. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Cuba like two, three years ago, and it mm-hmm. was definitely the best, one of the best things I ever did. It was just amazing. Yeah. Like the music was just incredible. So I have the same feeling. Whenever I hear it, it just makes me so happy yeah. like instantly. Yeah. Transport and right now. World. Yeah. And right now I should be myself, my partner should be in Spain. We we had planned a three week van trip in Spain. Um, oh, incredible. We to, yeah, that we would have been amazing. Last Friday. So we basically just bought three bottles of Brioca and made a paella. <laughs> <laughs> I love that making the best of a bad situation we've rescheduled for um September so hopefully that will happen where did you plan to go Andalusia or the north yeah yeah so we um we have a little camper van so we were hoping to um ferry over to Santander and go from there for three weeks just kind of around and go east first um and go around that way incredible that sounds so nice yeah yeah that sounds amazing yeah (laughs) i love spain so much yeah and it has so much to offer when you actually look into all the different places like um it has beautiful little towns places to hike places to dive and snorkel and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's incredible yeah they have a great pace of life i feel when you go on a holiday you get a sense for the local um, pace of life and I feel like a siesta is always needed in a country <laughs> that warm yeah. so we could have it over here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think that's most of the questions yeah. I've, got, I've got one more maybe I think we'll squeeze it in mm-hmm. um, you can see land ahead of you what is your most hopeful memory oh so my memory what's my hopeful memory that I see in front of me yeah what your most hopeful memory um hope oh god that's a tough question um hope i hopeful i don't know um we could change it to a cherished memory if it's too difficult just something that maybe sticks out to you that you in your in your life I think okay yeah I think um <laughs> this year I think it's a quite a funny memory but it always it's cute my um so the the charity film awards this year were um streamed um because obviously all, all the events were cancelled so that meant that my parents at home could um could watch it um on YouTube and um so we were watching it. Uh, I I was kind of like we were um, uh, in the in the category for the uh, fifteen to twenty million so uh, size charity. So we were kind of watching it away, and my parents were like texting me, going, oh, "What what category are we in? Or what's the the crack there?" And and then when eventually our category came in, um, and uh, I the teenage cancer trust, the film that I made, actually the one that you shared, um, it got silver. Um, and wow. they WhatsApp me, and they're not like um, 
like they don't have the attention span ever to watch one of my films like never have I been able <laughs> to sit them down and watch <laughs> an entire film without like asking the question like, who's that and what's that and how did that make how, how did you running that? commentary and, throughout yeah. ruining the yeah. film yeah, yeah just but um they uh they text me and they're like we're crying here we're so proud and I'm like Jesus I think it like meant more to you than to me oh my god that that got me there Uh I wasn't expecting you to take that turn no and it was I was just like wow they're just it's um it was so lovely to share that with them because we were at an awards um the year before the charity film awards and it was like obviously a, like a physical event so we could all go and I could obviously send them pictures after but that's just think the one thing that's actually really nice about things going digital is that um that it you can kind of share it with people who wouldn't normally be there and you can kind of it's less exclusive now you can kind of share these things with people who aren't like in the industry or so involved you know what I mean yeah, completely. Because it yeah. they'll view it from a different like perspective. They won't see all exactly. the like, oh, that the lighting looks good. Or yeah, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, <laughs> I remember doing this, and yeah, it yeah. would be it's more of a, a journey for them in a different way. Exactly. Oh, that's amazing. Great way to finish the episode. <laughs> yeah, that was a perfect. <laughs> nice. <ending>. Yeah, <laughs> it's been like a little great narrative throughout. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thank you so All much. Right. Well, yeah. We'll keep you updated. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks. Thank Have you. Have a really nice day. You too. All right. Bye. 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 Now, many of you may not know about the situation. Since the 1980s, the RLC, once the world's fourth largest lake, has been decreasing in size because of human activities mainly because of the mass industrial scale of growing cotton for fast fashion companies. Today, 90% of the lake has disappeared. This has had drastic and devastating effects on those who live there, including high rates of disease like tuberculosis, a lack of protection from elements, and mass unemployment. In light of this, we are proud to announce our partnership with two charities from the Owl Sea region in Uzbekistan. The World Owl Region Charity works to relieve the horrifying effects of the Owl Sea crisis on Uzbek towns through partnerships with local initiatives and with a range of cultural and educational projects they aim to provide and promote global support. The other charity is the Accelerator Lab of the UNDP in Uzbekistan who seeks to cover the dried up seabed with Saxol, a native drought resistant tree as part of their project, the Green Initiative. This organisation is part of the generation who witnessed the disappearance of the RLC in real time. They wish to be the generation who changes the course of history and creates the RLC forest. We really believe in their cause and hope to provide a platform for their work.